listening to Shoot and Scoot, the Flames of War, Team Yankee, Fade of the Nation, Narm and Great War podcast that tries to make sense of the weird and wonderful world of 15mm wargaming with our tongues firmly in our cheeks, our pads as flat to the ground and our dice, more often than not, failing to shoot and scoot every episode. We invite you to join us on our many hobby misadventures, both here and on the blog at breakthroughassault.co.uk and to shop at Battlefield Hobbies because it might cheer Hammy up enough to stop finding loopholes in the rule set. I'm Eddie Fez-Turner, broadcasting from somewhere in the south of England, and I'm joined tonight by my co-host Duncan, I love short shirts and gosling. Mm, short shirts and... And Lee, hobbies and an STD, Parnell. Why do they have to say chlamydia? <laughs> <laughs> it's great to be back with you guys. Good evening. Good evening, guys. How are we doing? Oh, we're doing, doing good. Yeah. I, bet, I, I better go what we're actually covering tonight, shouldn't I? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I need yep. to work on that bit. Yeah, we, we missed a hand over there, but it's fine. Right, so tonight we will be going over, as always, what we've been up to, um, including Flames of Flares. The okay. inaugural Flames of Flares, sorry. First one ever. Uh, we're going to start a new feature, which is A versus B, looking at the pairings of the mid-war books. We're going to be continuing with the reader's, reader's question section. We still haven't come up with a better name. We're just going to keep going on that. And then we'll close out by looking at what's coming up. And then, of course, shooting and scooting. Now I'll hand over to Duncan to say what we've been up to. Oh, we've been up to quite a bit. I think we're fine now, haven't we? We've actually played some games. It's been busy, busy, busy. Yeah. We have, yeah. Unsanctioned uh, so fun. Unsanctioned fun say. of uh, all kinds. Yeah. We um. So we played, the first thing we did was a 100-point, 100-point Fate of a Nation game. I think it was yes. 100 points, I remember Yeah, that. I think, it was, it was, yeah, we did hundreds, just so we could actually do 100 for upcoming tournaments and stuff, yeah. Yeah, so that went, uh, that was down at the site of Dice Saloon, um, that went, that was reasonably well, I'm just in the process of writing that up now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was a good game, that was very close. Um, bloody McGax, god damn <laughs> um, that, that, Yeah, that little, yeah. They, they once again holding, holding my own, I know it's Israeli infantry, because Israeli infantry just rock, so. Yeah, yeah the, to be honest, the Israeli infantry were the clearly the superstars um they were a pain in the ass and actually the 113s were even more of a pain i hate those things i just can't dedicate the firepower to kill them um so just wander around machine gunning stuff um and then we also had after that we played a uh, mid-war game we, yeah. we did uh, a warm-up for you going to flames affairs didn't we well yeah, a warm-up in terms of with the british army yeah, then couldn't use because too many we oversubscribed ally players i just switched to germans and going cold but yes we um, did 96 points um yeah. my british um grants and honeys versus your um night, night earth light wasn't it night earth light again yeah which again was extremely close um very very blade game that was, that was a crack of that one yeah that was down to what i kind of remember who did you win that one i think you did I think I think yeah. I did, yeah. I imagine sure wouldn't it yeah. any Churchills, which is in there. I'm just gonna get that in there. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> but uh they, so that's been some some gaming. That's been good. Um, and then uh, hobby wise I've been working on uh, my Das Right stuff. That's all together now. Um das I've right, just been das trying right, to das, das Right, Das Right, we love your exactly. like, thanks. <laughs> Damn straight. Well I actually haven't got any yet. I'll have to look into that because uh, they got the four letter or four number system, haven't they, at that point at the Kursk? So the Tigers have got, like, crazy numbers. Um, right. Yeah, I might have to look into that. But um, they're all ready now, apart from I've just got to get some... Um, one of my friends has got a... Uh, what do you call it? What's the plastic called? Acrylic cutter. Ooh. So he's going to do me some... Uh, we've just been trying out different sizes of 
shirts and for the T34s to see what looks right. Uh, um, just trying to work out what's best, and he's going to run me some of those off. They're only going to be like half millimeter, so they're going to be really flimsy, but that means that they'll be good for chipping away and dinking and all that kind of stuff. Back in my day, you did this with a knife and a ruler, and just be doing it. And yeah, cut, just, cutting the ruler because you forgot to buy a steel one, so you're using a plastic one. Do you know, it'd have been a hell of a lot quicker if I had done that, but um, <laughs> <laughs> they'd probably be finished by now. But there we go. Um, yeah, so I've done that, um, and I've just uh, got some stuff to do. I had a bit of a brainwave, um, looked at the late war sale, looked at um, what I had bought for mid-war, and I'm actually going to do, uh, I think I'm going to do the Herman Goering Company for Italy, based on the Ghost Panda books. Ooh. So I might do an article on that, and I've just looked at what I've got in, in Das Locker, um, in cold storage, and seeing what I can do to bring that up to date and uh, and get that done for my Ghost Panzer forces. So I'm not sure I'm going to do the Luftwaffe Field Division Company now. Uh, I might actually do it. Is it in um, das boot? Pardon? If you keep them in the back of your car, is it, are they in the Das boot? No, they're in the Das Garage. <laughs> das Garage. <laughs> das, das Garage? Wherever the German is for garage. Panzerwerks. Um, so yeah, I had a rummage around this afternoon actually and, and worked out what I had and hadn't got mainly from troll trader sales and things like that so well unofficial do you mean unofficial sponsor in the way that they just sort of harvest my money yes accidentally on purpose okay. accidentally on purpose exactly so that's that's kind of where i'm at hobby wise i've got the uh i've actually got the other half of my thunderbolt company to paint up but i haven't really i do you know what, I christmas has been a bit of a dud for me i thought it's going to be a bit more productive than it was but um Painting wise, I've, I've I've hit a bit of a, a, a hiatus. Yeah, I hear you on that one. Mm, I don't know what I don't know why it should have been prime prime time, but it's just one of those things, I guess. Families, <laughs> who'd have them? Yeah, not <laughs> that bad. <laughs> so that's kind. Of, I think that's that's broadly everything I've done. My my American army still looking at me. Um, yeah, begrudgingly, I think at this point. Going, okay, look, you got us at Reading. Come on. It's been three months. It's probably it's January. What's going on? Yeah. Uh, oh. yeah, that's me. I think I've got a very a very similar story to you, Dunk, to be honest. Um with uh actually spending time with my friends and family and, and the other half. Um not a whole lot of time for hobby. And at the time I have got at home, I've been uh, organizing and sorting and reboxing hobby. <laughs> to, to, to mitigate the, the threat of dying in a hobby lounge in my sleep. <laughs> yeah. But it's an ongoing concern. It ongoing is an ongoing time. concern. Yeah, I've slowly. There's a whole sorting thing on Netflix. There's a the, the Japanese lady who has a whole art and zen of of sorting, where you pick up your items one by one, and if they spark joy, you keep them. And if they don't, then you you say thank you for your service, and you get rid of that item and that's why i got 15 armies that are still in the box waiting for me to do something. <laughs> exactly <laughs> this, this, this why, box uh, of churchills brings me joy I'm gonna... <laughs> that's why uh yeah I've, I've just apparently thrown out all of my clothes and utensils and everything <laughs> she's also the, the complete nutter says you don't need more than 30 books which is just nonsense yeah you don't need that, yeah, that, is, that is rubbish yeah <laughs> i don't yeah. i don't need that kind of level of ne- negativity in my life to be honest yeah. someone like that no I've got great books on shelf. It's like... <laughs> you don't need more than 30 army books, maybe. Like, 
Maybe that's mm. but... I I am a sucker for not throwing those away. I've, I've still got like version my, my version two forty k codexes for Christ's sake. <laughs> it's like Bloody it's to have. It's always better to look at the pictures of the models than the actual models themselves. Well, it's very much a red phase at Games Workshop, but everything was painted very bright red. It's uh, yeah, is that the John Blanche here. Every year's a John oh. Blanche year. Goblin, goblin yeah. bases, you know. Colour with crayons. Yeah, but um, I have been. Uh, I actually had a, a spate of hobby in one evening, um, and finally assembled my comics. Uh, and I'm doing some twenty-five pounders to go with them. Nice uh, to take to Carivery uh, next month, which actually is not a whole heap of time. I think I've got next weekend to finish painting them all, and that's it. I'm looking forward to 2022. I can use them again. Well, <laughs> rather than rather than be morose, I figured I'd, I'd throw them out on the board and get and get them one last time. Yes. Well, definitely... one first slash last time. You know. <laughs> Well, not, not only that, Eddie, don't forget, you know, that's that's a long timeline for you to paint something. You know. Yeah, exactly. It's two whole weeks. I'm only out of the country for sort of six of those days. Yeah, it's loads of time. I don't know Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking forward, to, looking forward to see how they do, because I've always loved the comment. I always felt, in version three, I always felt a little overpriced for what it was doing. Um, and obviously, what? to a certain extent, that's what the comment was. It, it came a little too late. It was a really good tank, just a little too late for what it was, and... Yeah. Is it a Cromwell basically with a seventeen pounder? Is that, is that Crom- what I'm thinking? That's yeah. We on a very simplistic level. It's, it's yeah, Cromwell with a seventeen pounder. My, my my tank nerd rage is now triggered. I'm just trying to keep it under check, but, <laughs> but yeah, it's basically <laughs> <laughs> it's triggered. You need to yeah, it. so there's a sweeping generalisation, but from my uh, yeah, from my poor little brain, that'll do. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, it's, it's... You go. I'm not tankist, but <laughs> yeah. Is what you're saying basically this? No, but yes. <laughs> no, but yes. <laughs> no, but yes. Look at that. They're just so fast. And they're AT14. Mm-hmm. Get on your side. But you don't want to get shot, though, right? I'm a seven. Yeah, that's what yeah, you don't that, want to get that's, shot. That was my thing. The I always felt it should be front armor eight because it's like, you know, it's, it had a fair, fair amount of armor on that front, but yeah, it's, yeah. Probably it's flat. That's the problem, because because they were what's trying what's... trying to do the minimum amount of changes on the factory level, they kept the sort of the the, Com- the Cromwell's flat front basically, rather than come with a sloped glasses plate. Yeah, uh, and was it basically, um, it was Achilles' heel of it. Was it six for Shermans at that point, like the normal Sherman? Yeah, so yes, yeah, so yeah. front, front armor six so for Sherman, front armor seven yeah. for the wet hull Shermans. Yeah. And yeah, it's, I, it, when you go back to the old version one, um, get your bilate. Well, this comet's always front arm at eight at that point. That's what I was kind of waiting for. But, but You're not harking, harking back, are you, really? Yeah, but I mean, uh, but to the truth, something eight's fairly academic. I might say. Cross country dash of, of 28 inches. I mean, they, me. yeah. I mean, they go like stink. <laughs> they, they do go like stink. You know. And they got that. Anti tank fourteen to back it up, so you get on some side. There's nothing you can't kill with on the side. No. Anti tank fourteen. What's the um? What's their points cost? Hideous. Yeah. Is it really expensive. Are they three. really? Platoons are three. Uh, rocking at four hundred and thirty-five points. Sweet lord. Yeah. For threes as well. I mean, threes is. I, I mean, I know you're not. You're not just taking them because they're sexy, not because they're good, but. Yeah. 
Platoon of three. My God, that's really fragile as well. That's a lot of points. Jesus. Remount on three plus. Confident. Yeah. You're not going to be remounting. There'll be no need for that. Yeah, if you get hit, you're gone, aren't you? I, I, I think, unfortunately, especially with late, if you're doing blue on red, yeah, that's going to hurt. Yeah. But, you know. This, this what are you going to do? Well, exactly. To get him on the board and run around like lunatics. Exactly. Could take Crombie. That 17 pounder is scary, though. That's yeah. good. 17 is horrific. The trouble with the Cromwells is they're only 80 10. And then you put a Firefly in, and then they're getting dragged down by their Sherman. <laughs> so they drag it around the battlefield. Well, they do, because it's like, oh, come on, come, keep up, keep up. The poor come on, Dad. Like, puffing, come on. Driving away. <laughs> trying, to, trying to do it. But... Just re- I didn't no, quite feel like cool. it was 80-14. I'm now having to look and see what the um, the M10s that I've put in in my anti Because obviously with Carriver, you can take two lists of the same core that you swap out between. Okay. Um, so the M10 Achilles, 17-pounders, 80-15. But no mm. G, which of course is fine. And then no semi-indirect. Oh. Is that the Achilles? Yeah. That's a 17 pounder too, though, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Was it only 80, 15? That's what the 17 pounder was, wasn't it? Yeah, that's what it was. It's always. Really? Yeah. I thought, I thought you just said it was 17, sorry. No, no, it's, um, no, it's 80, 15. But it doesn't have okay. to direct. Mm. It's a bit nice. Yeah. That, is, that does seem expensive, though. Because considering the armor's not, oh well, whatever. Three up cross, <laughs> Frank dash sixteen. <laughs> Who are you just in the finest team now, Eddie? Is it just you? Yeah, pretty much. Okay, that's all. Right. <laughs> the main things are comments are sexy. <laughs> exactly. Well, they do have a murder in the back, so. Look, yeah, me too. Oh. Yeah. That was the. Downrated Merlin, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Inspection. Don't take that away from me, Lee. I couldn't survive it right now. <laughs> it was a uh, fine tank engine. Yes, fine tank. Um, so yeah, I've got those. Recycling some of my old late war Brit stuff, which I first painted when I first got into Flames of War. So I've got my old Irish Guard motor platoon. Um, one of which was a hero at Coral Ivory four years ago. Oh god, um, and survived something like thirty something hits, and not stands over the course of a game by himself. After all, his mates had died. Um, Sweet lord. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. Got a lot of fun memories of those guys, and they're not too badly chipped. So a bit of touch-up work and getting back into the battlefield. Um, but also, yeah, twenty-five pounders now that they actually have a decent firepower and ability to dig out infantry. Yeah, the five up sucks, but now that they're four up with the um, the oh, yeah, they they are, yeah, they're very, very good. And for their their points, points cost well, they're 89, they're just decent. I'd take nine, but the turntable's really useful now. Well, gives you 360 and yeah, just you know. And they'll be cheap late war as well, aren't they? Uh, reasonably. 
getting the points. Armoured, Humbers, Typhoons. Oh, Typhoons. 150 points for four. 100 and how many points? 30? 150 points for four. Yeah, that's cheap. Yeah. For what they're going to what they're going to do for you. They... I have just realised I've put the wrong barrels on mine. Yay. Oh. Well, well, it's the Typhoons. Now my um, 25 pounders. Oh, okay. Well, are you going with the muzzle brake on? No. Oh, well. well having, having seen what Lee's priests do, uh, did to my poor dug in uh, anti-tank guided weapons. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They're, they're horrible. It's pretty unpleasant. I'm not going to lie. That repeat bombard does make a big difference. Very big yeah. difference. Uh, they kept them in the game, it's fair to say. Yeah. I think it was needed. I mean, yeah. Actually, what what did you use against me when you used the British? Was it 25s you had in then as well? And they just mullered my um, yeah, large space sending tank guns. Yeah, 25 pounders. I, yeah, I, I had mine back, which you had yours set up forward, like um, gun, as um, eight tank guns. So. Yeah, like a like a moron. It was, it was aggressive. Throw <laughs> 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 flight. You tried, and that's the most important thing. <laughs> I tried something different, and it didn't go well. Oh, now you know, it's, it's half the battle. Well, I kind of forgot that in the scenario of playing, I was going to go second. On the first oh, turn. Oh, no. Always mission. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. It was unpleasant. But. Games <laughs> a break. Um, yeah, so that's, that's my personal gaming. Uh, in terms of hobby as a whole thing, I've been. Uh, ran, uh, obviously, Flames of Fez, which is actually my first Flames of War tournament I've ever run, having run many other events in the past. Really? Was your first one? First actual Flames of War one, yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. So, um, good to show you didn't, didn't, good to see that it didn't necessarily show, in that case, Lee. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I what I saw... Yeah, I thought go smoothly. Yeah. What I saw, there was a, yeah, it looked really well run. It looked good. Everyone was happy. Yeah, it's... Um, no complaints online. Yeah, exactly. No no massive flame. Oh, there's no... You know, not much feedback on well there's a couple of guys who said thanks that's unfair I was going to say no news is good news in terms of most stuff but there was a couple of guys who did post thank you messages for, for around the day um, but yeah it was good it was a good event nice red versus blue oh, I mean you it's had cool. me right when I walked in and the tables were set up and it was like literally half an hour to the tournament started oh, so. <laughs> yeah so thankfully um, got to be very grateful to Battlefront who provided us an absolute shed load of scenery uh, to run events with so we had some fantastic looking boards however uh the night before or, or the, the games night before at the club uh, one of the club members paul and i went through and we kind of divided up the, the scenery into what you know into tables worth in the boxes and we thought well should we should we get it all out and we're like no because you don't want to unbox everything to then box it away that night we'll just get it out in the morning and then the morning rang around uh, um, came around and it was only then that we realized that things like the uh, the desert walls are all individually bubble wrapped. And so yeah. tape, yeah. so tape, it's like. <laughs> so what should have taken a case of like, oh, the tables are out, the boards are out, get it out the box, get it, you know, get it set up. Was a case of get it out. Oh no, wait, it's out the box. But now we've got to an individually unwrap every single thing. Um, 
you, you couldn't Which, say it's not well packaged that stuff no exactly <laughs> i was just thinking so there was we had eight boards um eight boards worth of terrain features i'd say rather than just terrain so it's all buildings and and, and stuff mm-hmm. and all of that i mean there was four there's four each of the the build of the um the town buildings so there's uh, what five different types yeah. of town building plus yeah so so you're talking a lot of a lot of product and there was one wall a... section that had snapped cleanly in half that i glued back together and there was one corner of a building that had sheared off but i think that happened because we dropped it getting out of the box <laughs> Every... that'll do it yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> which then also glued straight back on with some super glue everything oh. else was perfectly intact so yes it was packaged fantastically but it didn't half make me sweat trying to get <laughs> trying to get everything out um i mean the boards themselves were a little bit a little bit open um partly that was partly intentional to kind of speed the games along so we had only we sort of shortened it down to two hours per round um i mean it was i, I realized it actually dropped off in one of the one of the guys so i didn't know it was a heavy tank event and it was kind of like well i, I realized i dropped off the the sentence or sort of emphasizing that a little bit more had had dropped off somewhere in between the drafts i must i, I missed that as well as as we'll discover when i talked about it in a second. yes um <laughs> but uh yeah and also it was the first outing of this scenery and when, when you've got when you get gifted a large collection of stuff it's not until you actually get it all out and see quite how far it will stretch and quite what you can do with it um and also what you need to know so there's a lot a lot learned on that one in respect to um in respect to what we're going to add to that collection of scenery to make it really versatile. Um, just basically like for the, the buildings and for the Stalingrad stuff, it's just some small linear rubble sort of walls almost um, just to break up some of the lines of sight that from, from around the buildings and down the streets and then some extra sort of barricade terrain features to kind of really bring, bring the table. I mean, the tables looked fantastic. Just when you actually get to them, you realize that it's sort of very big clumps of square, um, buildings um, which obviously suit certain certain units more than others um, Marders seem to not like that, sorry Dave <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah so the Mar- Mar- Marders were not really an issue in this in this event because they kind of popped up, drove around a corner <laughs> uh, killed one platoon and then died um, which which actually makes me think that maybe you know the, the 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 people who are seem to be struggling with the light AT assets and and the the apparent feed pushback from other other hobby you know other corners of the globe may just be down to terrain may just be down to playing on on boards that really favour one type of unit. Uh, yeah, possibly. I, I still think that the Marder scourge is just one of those things I don't, I don't think it's i don't think there's any worse or better than anything else to be honest i mean they're good don't get me wrong but you're right if you can take them out early they're not exactly awash with armor are they no no exactly you know most uh, they won't stand up to a medium tank that's for sure um, that's thing. Yeah. um what, what was the situation like with planes were you many many planes coming out uh, only, 
Oh, go now you're asking. I think Jersey had aeroplanes. He did, yes. Oh, yeah. He had his hurricanes because he couldn't get his um, other Brits done in time, so he took the same list he took to warfare. Yeah. Should have docked him points for that, for un- unimaginativeness. Um, but the we did have, f- that said, we did have five people who took part in the Iron Fez Challenge. Ooh. Um, yeah, so five people bought three entirely different formations, well, not entirely different, but three different formations for the same nation and were told at random what one they were using for each game. So they got to use pretty much their entire collection. That's uh, cool. And as far as I can see, none of them were, none of them did the 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 knobby thing, in, in which that's not to reference um, Martin. That's just to say knobby is in a being a knob um, of swapping over what was core and what was support from the same list. Yeah, gotcha. At yeah. different right. different armies, um, which was fantastic, really. Hmm. Yeah, kudos there. Jesus, yeah. that's a lot of stuff to haul around. Yeah. Um, so it's uh, looking forward to having that be a feature in my events going forward. I think. Yeah, like I said, I was, you know, when five people step up to it, I thought, that's a really good for the first time we rolled out that as an idea. So yeah, yeah, well, I like that concept. It's a, it's a, it's going to be one for the bigger collection, but still. Yeah, exactly. If you're if you're a collector as opposed to just you know a you know building a list to win you know a specific list, then it's nice to have a, a chance to use it. Or often I get into a place where I, de- I just can't decide. Army A, B, or C, and if you can use all three, why not? Mm-hmm. Um, the other things I learned uh, from that would be to uh, if you are doing the raffle ticket system and you have decided that everyone gets a prize, just don't hand out quite as many tickets. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so so that was, I think we were just lucky in the, the amount of um, support yeah. that we'd got for the event that we did yeah. have enough that everyone could get at least one one go at the prize. Yeah. And the system worked large. It's just weird about, I think, like t- what felt like 10 minutes of people just saying skip. Yeah, yeah, I know. But it, was, uh, it was okay. Yeah. Like I say, this te- as far as teething Teeve. issues go, teething issues go, there weren't insurmountable ones or Lee, even bad ones. Lee, given that you've seen both uh, the raffle type prize draws that we've had which one kind of favours the other at the moment because oh, you saw man. the one at Crawley they, they as well put, now you put me on the spot and try yeah, and bear in mind that I can terminate this podcast at any point yes yeah, I, I, I was just thinking Dude, I, guys I, I love both of you okay you don't have to make <laughs> mummy daddy mummy daddy daddy or chips yeah daddy. <laughs> I was just thinking because um, our one it didn't go as I envisaged anyway I was more envisaging more like Eddie's so where everyone goes through once before you get a double dip. Yeah, I think I'll add back because that way everyone ha- comes away with something. I, I know it's, yeah. uh, it's a very millennial yeah. snowflake thing to say, but it, it, it's it's nice to have that. Have that in there. You know, it's just like a, yeah. you know, a token. I, I came over like a token set and a copy of Red Banner. And it's like, because it's not, cause it's not a thing I've won only one game and had a fairly beat up army. I'm very happy with that as a result. So Yeah. yeah. I, I still like the concept. I just yeah. wondered because the I way it, it ran. Works. Being successful, being successful still gives you the best odds of having the first bite of cherry. Yes. Although, yes, exactly. Neither, ta- neither tournament that's actually worked so far. It's <laughs> got the first pick, which is quite, still cool. It's just that's it. But I like it's a nice system. I like it. It's, and having the whole selection of stuff there so people can choose what is useful to them rather than, oh, yeah. oh 
you you want best painted have some paint because you know you just want best paint and surely you already have paint and <laughs> even, even i have done that and i thought hang on that's monumentally retarded later like, <laughs> or like you know you went you went you win the best you win the best at general and here's here's an army box and it's, it's, it, yeah. I like it's, it's, it's a good system it gives everyone a shout of what they want it gives everyone something they can walk away from but yeah. be, but being successful still means something to that so it's yes. a good compromise of the system uh, as far as i'm concerned i see what you're saying yeah yeah the people the people who want to go all out and win you know win stuff can do the people who want to turn up to play a few games still get something and that's got to be a good thing really yeah, yeah. there you are I didn't actually say which I prefer that. I think I just made that. Bit no, that was, that was the perfect <laughs> politician's answer. Yeah. Yeah. You've been watching all the news, haven't you? Yeah. Pivoted and uh, ignored. Yeah. Fake news. Obviously, for, we had we had that for the actual for the prize giving, but the actual for the prize support rather, but for the um, for the best generals, uh, both the allied the allied general one, um, which was uh, Jersey James. Yeah, she took home the golden yeah. uh, Churchill, um, which was magnetised to its base, so you can take it off, use it in a game. Um, the golden Churchill. Yeah, and then Graham Clacker won the golden tiger. Which is far cooler, let's face it. Which is far cooler, I know. I, I think <laughs> the golden Churchill worked, because then if, you know, if it's British or Russian that won it, they could still use yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, if you're American, Ben Hay, tough luck. <laughs> Actually, you could do the siege of Brest, where they actually they had their flame for the crocodiles and support. Yeah, See, it still it still works. It still works. Yeah. It still works, right? Yeah. yeah. Talk to the Churchills. That said, you know, that, that that said, that there were no American players at this event, which is interesting. That I saw. Oh, stop! So, so the British split? Army with American with American allies. Yeah. I know M10s beat me up in the last game. Yes. Yeah. Eddie, so what did you have, like, in terms of armies that, that rolled out then? Did you have, like, eight German, and then, what, was it mostly British and then a few Russians? Um, yeah, mostly British, one Russian, which mm-hmm. was Ooh. interesting. Um, everybody else was was uh, was Brits, basically. Um, uh, a lot of Churchills. <laughs> yes, there's a lot of Churchills. <laughs> um, and then for the Axis, we had a real a real sort of smattering collection um yeah it wasn't uh, there wasn't really a consistent theme with germans which is quite i don't think anyone let's say it before i think before i say that i don't think any of the gym players had their um, armored car marder combo uh oh, okay so armored car marders we had light tanks we had italian light tanks and marders yeah yeah they were, cool. they were i prefer were, that over armored cars yeah i think one of i think one of um Graham Clacker's lists was had had the I don't think I had armored cars in, um, but it was it was very similar to that kind of style. Okay. Yeah. But it had the Dianas and the Marders and the light guns. Um, but Cox then... bought his Ferdies. Yep, Grey Ferdinands. Grey Ferdinands. Grey Ferdinands. I think he won best. He won best painted in the end, didn't he? Uh... Um, he did. Yeah. He got the most votes. Um, he did. So it, it was one of the, the theories behind it was rather than have, you know, often in these kind of things, it feels a bit like the one guy who's really great at painting gets the majority of votes and gets the prize. Yeah. 
which does yeah is, is is great and all but often it's the same person within a certain group um so the ethos behind the whole event was rather than you know pick out the best everyone who got a vote got an extra raffle got extra raffle tickets towards it Gotcha. Um, so it's the same for the Iron Fairs. Everyone who played in the Iron Fairs got extra raffle tickets. Um, and I very much like that as a way of kind of rewarding yeah. the hobby element rather than just one part of it. That that does make sense. You know, that does make sense. Um, but yeah, he he did. Although a lot of people said, against my better judgment, I'll go for Coxie. Because of the Grey Ferdinands. <laughs> well, they voted for him because he had Grey Ferdinands. Well, a lot. I think he lost like oh. three, three votes because of because of them. And so here's the thing: it's like I, I will I will give him stick for the Grey Ferdinands, but you have to. I will look at them as being a very well painted thing. And they say, are beautiful. Yeah, yeah. A, a, a historical no, but it, but then again, if he did that army and made them historical, the army would just end up looking weird. So. I think I, yep. I think he has gone the right way with doubling down there, and I will give him some friendly stick on the Grey Diana's and Grey Ferdinands, but he made the right call for the, the, the army's visuals. <laughs> um, there, so, there you are, Cox. I, I said something nice about. You'll so. <laughs> <laughs> um, hate that. <laughs> yes, but I mean, overall, from my point of view, um, everyone was fantastic. Everyone got behind the ethos, I think, of of having it as a, a, a an event um, suitable for for new people all the way through to. Um, yeah, the veterans, and uh, yeah, it's great, great fun for me to run, and and hopefully, uh, well, I'm looking at doing another another event in May. We'll talk about later. Uh, there'll definitely be another one next year. Excellent. So uh, hopefully, Lee doesn't then come crushing out all my hopes and dreams and tell me how rubbish a time he had. <laughs> Q Lee. <laughs> anyway, so yes, I, I I played that tournament and I won one game out of three. But that's but here, so here's the thing. I came. I, I was very much a last minute change to Germans, and I didn't really have much to hand that works for version four. It's one of the things I'm trying to fix at the moment. So I managed to put together a German Panzer force of um, HQ Panzer four F two long barrel seven point five for those who sent the, the, the destinations, a platoon of Panzer four F twos. Um, platoon of the short barrel um, Panzer IVs, the Fs, and a platoon of the Panzer III Ls, which is the upper armoured five centi- long five centimetre, backed yep. up by some armour cars and some infantry. And like a typical Brit, I was fighting the last war, and I thought this would do really well at Duncan's tournament. It'll do really well. Always, always, it's got enough hitting power against the Valentines and the Shermans. It'll do well against like Italian. If I had to do blue, blue on blue, it'd do very well against Italians. Yeah, I mean, my first game, I was facing seven Churchills. <laughs> Interesting. Oh. No, but here's the thing. I, I, and on the day, I was a bit miffed facing with Churchill. But looking back, on doing the analysis, and right, not the um, player reports I'm still working on, there's a lot of stuff I said, actually, cold light of day, if I had done that instead of that and put the attack here, I probably could have still won it. It was um, yeah. It's always, it's always one of those things. We, it's like it's nice to do these um, analysis afterwards and say, well, actually, why did I lose? Was was it really the army list, their army list, or was it I just didn't play very well? And I think, arguably, the game I played well, I won. The two games I didn't play well, I lost. And it's like yeah. okay. Um, to yeah, be fair against Dave last, mm-hmm. that he he is a late war player mm-hmm. um, who has we've been playing uh, Fate of a Nation. 
Yeah. Um, and he said, oh, what's the easiest thing for late war that I can bring to a mid-war event? Um, and he had Churchill's, which is... Yeah. And like I say, and, and like I say it was, it's not, like I say, it's none of my opponent's fault, this kind of thing. I, enjoy, I enjoyed my game versus him. I enjoyed my game versus Mike. I think the game versus Paul, I was probably just getting a bit tired and cranky. I didn't really enjoy it that much because I was... Look, I, I just started right under the cost of the M10s and it didn't get any, any better from there. Oh. But, again, but again, I can sort of see it like a back and see, actually, I I think what I forgot was that the Panzer IV was, I'm going to check this now before I say it out, the Panzer IV short Fs can fire a smoke bombardment. Yes. And I, yes. Think I, I, I think I forgot that in every game. And possibly in that oh. last one, I could, if I had dropped the smoke down, I probably could have changed how that game yeah. went. I felt probably still a loss, but I think I've actually got a few platoons off him. Anyway, those, so, yeah. those, those short barrel Panzer fours. I mean, I've, I've talked to them with Eddie about them. How are sleepy? I think I don't think people give them enough credit. I really don't. I, I poo pooed them for a very long time. I'll be honest. It's you guys, useful. it's you guys talking about it, but made me think. Maybe move from taking um, catch twenty five pounders to putting them in instead. A could gave me a stronger formation, and B because it gave me that yep. artillery unit. Yeah, that's also yep. a very versatile unit because I can sit back and use them as light artillery. I can yep. use them as a counter to light armor. Yeah, it really comes down to it. I can throw those guys forward and hit an infantry position. It's um, you know, it's, 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 they are a really good. Like I say, people don't really look at them and take them for the threat they are in that respect. Oh, and I think they're still uh, they're still armor five. They can take a punch yeah. to some extent. Um, you know, they're they're just really really handy. I I, I thought they were a bag of spanners to be yeah. honest. Um, when I first looked at them, and they are completely the opposite. They are very very handy. Yeah, out of the three yeah. tanks, and I mean, the... for, for not many more points than the, you know four hundred and five or capture twenty fives as well. Yeah. yeah. So I found that the three types of attack I had in my army. They were probably the most successful for what they did. The Panzer 3Ls are probably the next ones because that front armor six, but they could get in people's faces. Yes. But the problem I was fine was that anti tank nine was just too marginal versus the size of the Churchills. Yeah. Yeah. And the biggest the firepower four as well. Yeah. And actually, I had a pretty good run with the firepower four, and generally it was firepower three I couldn't seem to pass. But um. Oh, really? That, that recalls the last thing, which was I found that Panzer four F twos were the biggest disappointment. They never really did much because they were I was trying to use like long range versus the Churchills and you get back to a marginal um, shoot there between 8 yeah. and 10 versus the front armour you usually have 9 for range that kind of thing at that point yeah um, but only front armour 5 so you can't really start shooting with the 6 pounders because that anti-tank 10 will will bite you very quickly I think so I think like in the cold light of day what I should really be looking at was um, more Panzer freeze. so I'm thinking <laughs> of ch- changing the um Two platoons of Panzer 3Ls, a HQ Panzer 3L, um, keeping the Panzer 4F2s because they 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 certainly uh, uh, their place. Um, yeah. Going going with a small platoon of infantry that gives me just enough points to get three Marders in, to give me that ranged and um, high end anti tank hitting power. And I think on yeah. balance that's a, it's a much better army. But obviously, I'm, what I need to do now is that famous leafing and actually painting some models and actually putting <laughs> the table and trying it out. So. The, the thing about your pounds of threes versus the six pounders, though, mm-hmm. aren't the long barrels like 32 inch range? No, I think they're like 28. They're 28. Uh, yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah. So you, you, you can't you can't punch them from a distance. 
No, so I mean that was the thing. That's the thing about my third game. So my third game versus Paul, um, he had a British motor company with an American tank destroyer company in support, which gets back to my pet hate version for how our allies work. <laughs> and what I found was I don't know half the stats anymore because in my mind six pounds is still twenty four inches, and yet the total ones are now twenty eight inches. Yeah, yeah. And um, the M10s, which I thought were actually the M10s were pretty much what I thought they were because I thought they were 32 that actually 28 that's more than enough to hit me at range I forgot they got in the firepower 5 now they always used to be yeah. fire, uh, front number 4 um, they're quite they're quite punchy the M10s yeah. they are very punchy and they were very very punchy because they were just picking me off um, they like to say they counted for the pounds of their um, short barrel force that were guarding one objective and then like I, I just got overwhelmed by Stuarts I think that uh, my, my pounds on that, I had them on one flank versus the Stuarts. And the first turn, I bailed one Stuart. The second turn, I bailed a Stuart. Next turn, I bailed a Stuart. And it's like line of Stuarts. So <laughs> all bailed. It was always just nothing to keep going forward and then keep me the side and get the objective and win the game. It's just like, ah! Um, I mean, like, the Panzer 4F2s are trying to draw at long range with the M10s. And I just couldn't land a punch, no matter what I was trying there. I think I was getting distracted because I couldn't... I was firing... A couple of them at the six pounders, a couple of them at the M10s. Yeah. And really, I should be, what I should be doing is concentrating fire and just really hitting something. And the Panzer three L's, like I say, charged, just charged at the flank, um, assaulted the Bofors, and I just then had, I just got unlucky with the Antec seven versus my side armor three. <sighs> yeah. So that, then I think I lost one in the assault. The other two bounced back, and the six pounder got the last one, and then my luck ran out on their um, three plus last hand checks. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that did it. I thought that was about as good as that game got. I mean, like I say, in hindsight, what I should have done was had the Panzer 4F2s on the left flank against the Stuarts and the Panzer 4Fs with the short barrel supporting the Panzer 3s by putting down smoke and stuff. And I think yeah. if I'd done that, that probably would have done it much better. Like I say, cold like a day and all that. And like I say, having not used the army at all going into this tournament. <laughs> the thing I find with the long-barreled um, Panzer fours is just you just you just can't get enough of them. Yeah. And the dice and the dice will eventually hate you. Yeah. So you can you can usually only afford maybe two. I don't think I've ever squeezed in three because they're ten ten points each. Yeah. I got. I, I got. It's just. I, I had four. Yeah. Four. I max. I had two and a three and a HQ of one. That's maxed out the amount of Panzer fours I can really get. Yeah. And then so Have yeah. You, so, Go in reverse order and get yeah, go on. I was gonna say, have you uh, considered the the mixed platoons for yeah, but putting the mixed, some the mixed platoons? A mixes flavors of Panzer three. I don't think anything mixes yeah. threes and fours. No, but I think thinking to save you some points, you wouldn't necessarily have to have all of the up armored ones because you you've got the essentially Churchill uh, whether it is um, jumbo's lead the way on everything, haven't you? Yeah, but I just like the L, the L's. I like oh, that they all have the armor so. And like I say, it still gives me seven Panzer three L's in that force, plus the three Panzer four F's. So it's definitely the way to go. Yeah. yeah so um, the second game, working have. backwards, was my win, and that was versus Mike Clacker. So he also had Churchill's, albeit in two. So HQ a two. Nope. Sorry, HQ a one. Two platoons of two. He had um, a rifle platoon, a motor platoon, and two lost twenty-five pounders, and some Daimler armor cars. And he chose to defend, which threw me, because it was like one of those things, oh, you're going to defend with tanks. I wasn't expecting that at all. Um, and then I sort of went, okay, we can, we can make this work. So it's no retreat. 
yeah, one platoon of Churchills on the table. Pretty much everything else because it's just Churchills and Universal Carriers mm-hmm. off in um, reserves. Um, and yeah, it was, it was a very twisting game, a very bloody game. I, mean, I, I managed to take the Panzer Freeze did sterling work and killed the CO, bailed another Panzer Free, um, but another Churchill, and that Churchill then ran. My Panzer 4S just got into this knife fight, just trying to kill the Churchills and did nothing. Um, but I think the Panzer Freeze did all the legwork in that game, while the Panzer 4F ones were just pounding away at this, like at the motor rifles on the other objective. And yeah, it was a, it was a good game. It was like one of those games that was really coming down to the wire, which I always like. Um, it really could have gone Mike Clacker's way, for, but for some better roles, I think, it's fair to say. Yeah, and then the first game, like I say, was against, um, was it David? Uh, David Last, yeah, yeah. From the, from the like, club itself. Yep, so because he was gone very Churchill heavy, we were playing uh, Dust Up. So he's only starting with a church platoon on one objective and a motor rifle platoon on the other objective. Um, and that motor rifle platoon, I basically ground down over the course of the game just by constantly pounding it with my short barrel Fs. Um, I tried desperately an all or nothing assault on that first objective, try and get him off it before turn three when his reserves arrived and hit me in the butt. So I sent my infantry in, my Makars in, and my Panzer three Ls. And the infantry stormed into the woods to try and push the Churchills off the objective, which they did. Unfortunately, the Churchills didn't bog down anything, because they obviously crossed two. And yeah. as they fell back, they fell back onto the flanks on my Panzer three Ls, and then the six-pounders did the rest of the work in his next oh, turn. Yeah. That sort of then killed that offence. And my Panzer fours came on and just did some, did a sterling effort trying to get the other objective, but just couldn't. Just do quite enough versus that front armour, even at close range. It was a, I did notice that a lot of the a lot of the German forces didn't have 88s in them or anything. Yeah, well, let's say if we if if I'd been doing the other force, I would have had national ones, but I just didn't go a, a very defensive infantry force. Yeah, I, so think, what, what I think the problem is the, the 88 is it's, it just gets picked off by artillery so quickly. Yeah, they don't last. I mean, I think there's a place for one because it's six points. Mm. It's a platoon by itself, and it's you, you can set it up and and kind of leave it to it. That's I think as soon you, as you go more than that, mm. yeah, but that's why you put it inside a tiger. Uh, Eddie, Eddie, tigers aren't the answer to absolutely every question, unless it's alfrosties. I, I, I am planning to get three my um, three desert tigers painted up by the time the flames are faced oh, next God. year. Yes. <laughs> oh, no, he's infected you. Yes. Well, it's a case, it's a case of I, if you can't beat them, join them. So and I, oh, I, I, I'm going to go all in on heavy tanks for the next one. Just go. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to put it in both hands. That's fine. Yeah. What I will do, Fez, I'll bring my three late war ones and my three desert ones, and no matter what, I'll, I'll use the super ones for the table. So it's always the same list. It's a difficult. Oh, that's what, that's what I'm doing with my German Panzers because I realised I, I accidentally built the grey Panzer list is very similar to my desert uh, Panzer list. So with a couple of additions, I can in fact just swap out between east and west front. Like, yep. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, well, a green table. Okay, that's pretty cool. Guys. Yeah, I, I thought that'd be quite funky. Yeah, but anyway, just just around just to round up. It was yeah, it was a good tournament. Enjoy, I enjoy myself. Um, let's say ran a good shop on that one. It's quite nice having people talk up saying listen to the podcast as well. So hello to you guys. Yeah. 
That's always good. No, I still can't believe people listen to us. I know. I just, I just, I just, just going off into off into the ether, and not, no one's, there's no repercussions. But <laughs> yeah, screaming into a bucket. Yeah. Screaming. Into a bucket. I just do it as part of my social uh, interaction as, from the Asbo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the armband doesn't go off. You're not leaving the house. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have from Croydon, you know. Um, <laughs> the oh my god. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. I think that's it for um, what we're up to. Cool. Sounds like a perfect time to take a little break and then uh, be back after a short messages from our sponsors. Yeah, you go sort the washing machine out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Can't get enough of the great 15mm wargaming hobby? Be sure to check out the latest article on our blog at BreakthroughAssault.co.uk or ask us a question on the Breakthrough Assault Facebook page. Battlefield Hobbies. Carlsberg don't make wargaming stores, so shop at Battlefield Hobbies instead. Okay, so next up, we are going to be looking at our A versus B section, which I'll let Duncan explain. Yeah, so now we've come to uh, having all of the mid-war books broadly released. I don't think there's any more that we do now. I think that's it, isn't it? I think we've got um, them. For the time we'll have, being. Yeah, because we'll have the, have a late war stuff goes backwards, like the um, Paras and the um, minor, a, minor Axis stuff. Yeah, you've got Finns and Hungar- Hungar- Hungarians and, and that kind Hungarians, of thing. Hungarians, yeah. But yeah, so we, we, all the major players. Yeah, I thought it was a good opportunity to have a little retrospective and go back and look at each one and, and discuss the pairings as they were released and, and our preference for one or the other and maybe do a bit of a, a sort of a recap for anyone out there. I know we've been over this before, but, you know, kind of look a little bit uh, at just those two books and, and their pros and cons and what we liked, what we disliked and, you know, almost uh, go from there. So I think the first ones we're going to look at were uh, Africa Corps. And uh, Armoured Fist. Now, before we get jumped on, we know that Armoured Fist wasn't released first, but it has... I'm right in saying I'm not a British player, but I'm, I'm right in saying that Armoured Fist is Desert Rats. Yeah, everything everything, everything that's in Desert Rats is in Armoured Fist. Yes. Right, okay. So, essentially, we're talking here mid-war desert books for the Germans and for the Brits. Mm-hmm. Yes. So... I think these were the first that were released, and I think they bore some of the, you know, the brunt, if you like, of being the first books out and and all of that kind of uh, learning experience. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. Do you want? Do one of you guys want to go first and see, say, what you liked and disliked, and which ones your preference? Or should we just bounce it around a bit? Um, yeah. So I think I'm. I'm gonna go with Arm Rats for a second because I think it's a. It's about the two books, and also I think it. Was, <gasps> I'm going, to say, I'm going to explain this in a minute. Um, I think what we see with Desert, um, Desert Rats was it was like a first at the gate, and there's a lot missing from that book that you could say. I mean, Armed Rats, um, oh, sorry, Armed Fist. Armed Rats, you made your own book. Armed Rats, here we are. Armed <laughs> Fist comes in, and basically Armed Fist is a book that Desert Rats should have been, and it had it had all the stuff in there that you wanted. It, it's a nice, completest book for the British in mid-war. Like, that's why I think it's... Probably the t- better two books because you look at desert. Um, sorry, not desert. Right? Look at Africa Corps, and you say with Africa Corps, can I do everything in the Africa Foot Theater? And the answer is, well, no, because I need to, I need to get these 90th Panzer cars. I need to borrow Iron Cross to get these units out. I need to go to Ghost Panzers to get um, Panzer, you know, Armored Panzer Grenadiers for 10th Panzer in Tunisia. Whereas you, you look at um, Armored Fist, goes, I don't need to go do anything else except for. If I really say this, I want to do power, the powers doing um, 
Tunisia, where there was just literally Paris desperately hoping someone might turn up to help them. <laughs> then everything I need to do Brits is in that book. And I can even do stuff like Brits with American support for Blade Force kind of thing. So having like um, lots of light, light stuff going around. Obviously, the command cards add in the missing stuff like um, armored car formations, that kind of thing. But I think it's just a nice, complete book. And, it, and it's basically Battlefront learning, taking a lot of lessons they learned from the Italian and American books, which I think when we get to them, we're all going to say were both good books for their force. Yeah. And really, and really giving us that nice, go, okay, let's go to the Brits. Put in the um, first time in Tunisia, put in the Shermans, take off all the mage boxes, because yes, there's some little things like bishops aren't in there and deacons aren't in there. And yeah. there are going to be players that like those things. Obviously, bishops finally got a card later, but I don't think I ever used my deacons. I think I bought them and they look cool. I can't think of a single time, except for the large games, when I try to get put extra points and ever actually used them. What, what is a deacon? The Deacon is a is a brilliant British thing. It's like taking the poor team and put a battleship turret onto it. Um, yeah. So it's basically take a, a matador. I think it's a matador chassis, so the big the big heavy armored tractor. Right. Um, and then basically put an armored compartment for the driver, and putting a armored uh, what looks like it come off a blade flower class Corvette, like turret with a six pounder in it. So it's like yeah. an it's like an armored porty basically. So you can't dismount the gun. So right. it's almost like the Brits trying to do a tank destroyer very early on. But the gun only ever really fires to the side. And you can fire over the you can fire it backwards as well. You can't fire over the front, I don't think, because the super structure gets in the way. I have to, I have to look at model model limit and remind myself. Okay. But it's it's like it's a crazy British thing. And like say it quickly gets superseded by you know, like M tens and that kind of thing. Yeah. So it's a, a it's, four point yeah. six pounder poor T really. Yeah. But I think I don't think there are ever more than four hundred of them. They're used they were used in the desert quite a lot. I mean, after that, I think they'll disappear Turkey or something after the war to live out the rest of their days. So this is uh, this is the thing. This is the thing about V4. It's like, yeah, it's a cool, funky unit, but you can proxy it as as a six pounder poor T with the card. Yeah, I mean, obviously it's arm. It's armored versus unarmored and stuff like that. But yeah, you can it, it. You could do that if you wanted to put on the table. Yeah, you know, so you can still shoehorn it in if you want but what yeah. what what what's the game as a whole really lost other than another a little bit of british eccentricity that's what it's lost <laughs> well it's got that because we've got british people who play it so yeah <laughs> and obviously we and i'll say we got all the all the other stuff in there like um it's just, that's what i think like i say i think the british book has a what i can't i can't think of anything i'm missing formation wise with the british now yeah um yeah and i can even do a little bit of doing that italy um, you know, Italy is just those books as well. I mean, I think the only point at that point we're missing is the powers, and hopefully we'll go. They'll get covered when they get their power book out, the British release, like the American and German ones will do. Because obviously, you can do that, some really cool stuff like um, capture Plimsoll Bridge, the glider troops, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, so. But I think you look back on. I'm doing a lot of talking here. I really wish someone else was going. Um, <laughs> well, you've got, to, you've got to get to a point where you stop, and then we can take over. You see, yeah. the, if you keep talking, we'll let you going. I can wind up toily. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's my case for Army Fist. I'll let someone else try and defend the Germans. Okay. Don't right. <laughs> no, no, I got this. I got this. So oh, oh, oh! This is going to come go. down to. This, I'm, I'm going to hit. Stepping up. He's stepping up, everyone. I, I can yeah. hear Fist's music. <laughs> Doug, He's taking a really long run up at this, isn't he? You, you know. So, uh, yeah, I'm running down the uh, entry up to the ring. Um, I think that that's unfair to Africa Corps 
for the simple fact that it made sense to republish the British with all the extra stuff in and to replace Desert Rats. Didn't make sense to do it for Africa Corps because you had the opportunity to do that in the East Front books. So yeah. you'd, if you republish Africa Corps, then a lot like Iron Cross and Ghost Panzer lose a fair solid chunk of what makes them a solid book by themselves. Um, and you're right, you know, the, the Battlefront said it themselves, the release of, of the first couple of books, they were too light in terms of, of the content. But I think Africa Corps is a, se- a sleeper. It's got some sleeper units and lists in there that people have overlooked before they've actually understood what version, how version 4 plays. And a lot of people looked at them with V3 eyes as much as they thought they didn't. And they thought, oh, you know, okay, now I'm a version 4 player and I got that. They hadn't played enough games to kind of understand that the lower, even though they're still expensive, the lower cost panzers and the ability to add the up armored panzers really does swing those units along with the integral anti-tank. Yep. I hear you. Yep, that panzer boost has, has done a lot of work for me. Yeah. <laughs> a lot. Compared to other other mid-war infantry platoons where you have to resort to a command card, which is single use to give them any kind of anti-tank per, you know, ability, which also um, is one use, you know, and, and by that point they're in the assault. But the threat of a panzer card and that kind of thing, like, yeah. Sorry. Uh, the Panzernacker cards you're talking about there. Yeah, well, Panzernackers or Molotovs or or, yeah. or sticky bombs, you know, the infantry assault card that most forces get. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think one of the things, I'll, well, I, I want to see Battlefront do, but if not Battlefront, maybe the community, is someone to reconstruct now a new force diagram chart for Africa Corps that sort of captures what goes in and make an Africa Corps force and then like a 10th Panzer force for desert. Cause you've got all the, all the bits are there now and you well, kind of, that's, like that's what they asked for. That's, that's the current competition. That's not the, that's just great. Here's a force that uses this thing. I'm trying a new force organization chart that sort of flows it all in basically. You see what I'm saying? Like, see now how you got your force chart to start yes. the book. It shows here's your formations and here's your force support, that kind of thing. It'd be nice just to have a revised one. It just shows, and here it is, putting the ninety of Panzer stuff in, putting the um, the stuff from Iron Cross, putting the stuff from Ghost Panzers, and giving a, a new player. Here's if you want to do Africa. Here's how you construct. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And here's how you use different books, that kind of thing. Do you know what? That would be a really good idea. I might do it. I mean, that's not a call you do. <laughs> <laughs> have I just volunteer for this? Well, I, I'm, <laughs> Stunned I'm, silence from both of us confirms no, that. I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I, I think that um, I've still got like the old Africa book and, and tracing back some of that as options. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a great proponent of the proxy type things because you know you still can't get the, the two stugs that the '90s like had. But again, going back to Eddie's point, are we really missing something? We're not really. They're Panzer threes with short barrels that yeah. don't have a turret. I mean. I think my pet hate was that was, and that gets back to how the German books work versus how the British ones were. In the British book, each of the formation was linked to a, yeah, um, an actual, a, 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 an actual yeah. armor, armor squadron, which had different yeah. kit and it worked quite well. In the German book, it wasn't linked to a German regiment, it was linked to a German division. It's really bizarre. So yeah. 
the Panzer IVs were 15th, Panzer III's 21st, and all the infantry were 90th. Yeah. It's that last bit they stumble on, because 90th is such an eccentric unit in terms of how it was equipped. Because it's like, it's like, it comes from a really weird origin. It like combines several different almost special forces units and that kind of thing to create a like sort of scratch unit but for special purposes. And then because well, it was originally, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's what it had to be. SBV, yeah. yeah. They, had, yeah they had like guys who were from the foreign league, the Germans, the foreign legion that the Germans didn't quite trust. They put them in this side, side <laughs> unit to try and work out. And they had like, I'm not saying they had all like all the, um, like the, the Russian guns. They had, they had, they had the Dianas and the Panzerjägers and the Stugs, that kind of thing. And so when you say Knight of Panzer, then you just make an, any other. Panzer division, it's, it's, it kind of just falls short. I almost wanted, why don't you just say this book was 15th Panzer or 21st Panzer and have Panzer Regiment, and it's going to fall down because I can't actually remember the Panzer Regiments and those guys. We get what I mean. So Panzer Regiment uh, with the Panzer Force, Panzer Regiment uh, with the Panzer Freeze, Panzer yeah. Grenadier, um, or Schertzer Regiment with the infantry, and like, like the British books did. So it's all one division with different regiments. So I think they tried, they did that. It was just a bit weird with Africa Corps, and it just made, and like, say, and by saying the infantry in 90th, they almost set themselves up for failure because people have an expe- expectation of what 90th looks like and has. Yeah. It's, 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 a, it's a little thing. Like I say, it's, you can, now you can do 90th Panzer with all the stuff we have. Like say, like yeah. as Fred says, we now have all those bits in the book. You could create a 90th Panzer thing using all the tools at disposal and maybe a home car for the Stugs to get you that proper two-Stug formation. Well, you can get the Panzerjäger ones now. They're, they're an unofficial yep. card. Um, Stugs, I'm not even that worried about. I mean, I, I just use them as short-barreled tanks. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so. it's just... That's basically what they are. I mean, yep. they're, they're, I don't even think it needs any any adjustment because the only thing that you would adjust is the fact that they, they're turretless and whether that gave you a points break. And to be honest, in the... And the granularity of a, a one to hundred point system, I don't think it would be enough to probably tip them one way or the other. Is it not in, um, um, is Eastern Front a two stuck platoon, the short barrel stuck? Uh, possibly, but I think they are. Oh no, there are. Yeah, you're right. You can do that. Yes, yeah, so I, I, I just I just lift it to them, put it onto the force diagram for this 90th Panzer force chart, as it were. Yeah, they're not. You're right. The 90th like should have um, two. They've got everything else. They have the schleppers. Yeah. yeah. Let's let's uh, oh that sounds like a homebrew. Um, yeah. Let's take that offline. Uh, <laughs> Dunk to quickly cook something up. <laughs> yeah, but no, I, I I think that you're you're right. That that's one of my frust- not frustrations. That's not even the, the right way to put it for the Africa Corps was that um, it kind of felt like it got overtaken. Yes. Um, very not even very very quickly. It just felt like with the uh, Americans and the, the Italians and everything else and and the Armored Fist books coming out, they kind of just. It, it looked a little bit older than it, it, its years quite quickly. Um, but I still think it's a good book. And, and to Eddie's point, I still think you can get decent... I don't think by any stretch of the imagination it's it's obsolete. I think it's just that you now need to think harder. Yeah. Um, but I, I actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the uh, controversial standpoint of actually agreeing with Lee as well. Um, <laughs> the, controversial? I, I, Sorry. <laughs> no, as in, as in to go... <laughs> As if to go uh, against the Germans, go with the British. I, I think Armored Fist was the book that, uh, that, that the British not only deserved but needed. Um, having played quite a lot of games with, you know, the Desert Rats and um, the, uh, the Africa Corps, First Africa Corps, I, I felt that the Armored Fist introduction gave the British more tools, or at least put yeah. more weapons in the arsenal that, that the opponents needed to 
consider, even if they well, weren't a, actually being it's, used. It's you know, it's a bigger book. I mean, the it's much bigger. Forty pages for Africa Core, and seventy-six pages for you know the Armored Fist. Yeah, yeah, and you're and, you're covering two theaters that book as well. Like say you got the um, North African absolutely. stuff, and and the Tunisia book. I you're North Africa, but that's always always been split. So. I think it was just what it gave the Brits a new lease of life. I think the the, the Crusader swarm, um, yeah, or Honey Swarm had had its kind of heyday, if you like. Um, and then I was doing Honey Swarms before they were cool. You were you were a Honey Swarm hipster. I was doing version um, three when it was terrible. <laughs> but I think that um, that actually, yeah, I, I think that the the Armored Fist was it, it had more of an impact on the British than than Africa Corps did for the Germans. I think. Africa Corps to a point got the Germans to where they needed to be, but as a holistic book, I think Afri- uh, Armored Fist was was and is um, a much rounder book. So it gets my vote. Therefore, the winner is Africa Corps. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're supposed to say Tigers at that point, Eddie. Well, Tigers are always the winner, but you can't take a Tiger yeah. company. So, oh, oh dear. Yeah. If it had the option to take Tiger Companies, then every book would, you know, win. Every book wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is Tigers. We've established tigers. this, Duncan. Answer is political Tigers. So, next time we'll look at, um, should we look at um, Avanti and Fighting First? Well, chronologically, that'd be, yeah, that'd be it next, yeah. If you write it down and remember that order, otherwise, yes. Yeah. Okay. Otherwise, just because one of those sections we never ever do again, and we always. Yes. Oh yeah, well, I do have that. <laughs> anyway, so well, oh, I think we well, are controversially. Armored Fist wins. Reminding me then, uh, the slutty flat pants of fat for the day is that they are available Ooh. at thirty-three percent off in the late war sale. <laughs> oh, there you go. That's a that's a good callback. So. <laughs> I feel like that's cheating somehow, but I, I will allow. It's fine. I get to edit this out. It'll be smooth. It'll be flawless. It's technically correct. The best kind of correct. So next up, it's Reader's Questions. Yes. Also yeah. known as we wish we had a better name for this segment. It's probably, we, we joked about calling it Reader, Reader's Wines. Unfortunately, everyone keeps giving us really good thought-provoking questions. So, so yes. <laughs> it didn't feel like an appropriate title. It. Can we, can we use it in a postmodern ironic fashion? Is that not allowed? We could, but I feel dirty. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So, draw from our Facebook put, uh, Facebook page in no particular order, and I apologise. I am gonna. Well, is it an apology if you do it on purpose anyway? Uh, butcher people's names. Um, so, Stephen Bruchu. <laughs> oh God! I'm, I'm going to apologise on Fez's behalf. Jesus. <laughs> I'll actually look it up now and see how it, what, what the actual name is. Jesus. Oh, bro? Brew? Anyway. All right. Brug. Brug. I'm going to go Brug. I apologise. I'm, I'm probably making this there worse. There you go. Now, You're sorry. making it worse. <laughs> is this why we're fighting Brexit? I can't remember now. <laughs> what kind of content do you guys expect for the closing publications of Midwar V4, the Parabook and the Minor Nations? Yeah. Wow. So, as uh, far as we know, the Parabook... As largely died deaf now, it'd be um, they're sort of going to get covered by the, vet, the American general releases in D-Day, but there will be some sort of mid-war callback. From what yeah, we I rewatched the video today they shot yep. before Christmas, and it, all they stated in that was that they're doing, 
you know, when they release in late war, they'll also get something for mid war. Yeah, and presumably that's what they could do with the because we know it's going to be a Maya Nations book in the Bagration phase in next year with the, with the Soviets. So presumably they'll do the same thing then to bring those guys into mid-war. Well, I'm assuming that the Maya Nations don't massively change. Well, I don't think they do. Mid-war. I mean, between mid and late-war. The Romanian has changed sides, and that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> the Hungarians thought about it and thought, well... Yeah, so, I mean, in terms of those mid and late, I expect it would be what we've seen before, a, a slimming down of, of the weird and wonderful. Um, that's all the Hungarians have got going for them, this weird and wonderful. Yeah, I was going to say, that the Nimrod. <laughs> Nimrod, I mean, come on. yes. Yeah. Nimrod's <laughs> toddy tanks. Uh, yeah. That recall on the car. Yeah, but you might, what I'm saying is you might not see you might not see you know you'll see a main infantry list, but you might not see a engineers list. Oh yeah, yeah. Well. yeah. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, I suppose, I say, it'll be an armored list, an infantry list, yeah. and that'll be, and then maybe a few command cars could be a bit more variety. Yeah, mm. you know, so basically it's it's getting rid of the stuff that adds bulk but not actually that much flavor. Yeah, as soon as I know, people did Romanian cavalry. It's like. Yeah. So are you saying there'll be less potato? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, good. We'll probably see all the units, just not all the, all the formations, as we call them these days. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I, th- I, I think you'll still get probably the weird and wonderful stuff, because you're right, that is what they are. Otherwise, you just, otherwise you just use reskin Germans. It's like, oh, it's, it's some yeah. Panzer Fries, yeah. Do you like Panzer Fours? Well, here we are, slightly cheaper. <laughs> yes. Slightly different, yes. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> I don't know what... The Finns going to be interesting to see, actually. If it, well, Finns, the Finns are... Yeah. I'm assuming they won't have an armoured list. Cause well, I think well, they, they, they do... They do... They do. They, they, do, they, do. they, they definitely did either late war or mid war. I'm pretty sure they did both. It was always a, always a laugh because every every single Finnish army list always had the, the, the two KVs that they had in the entirety of the war. <laughs> it was a running joke. Oh, you got two KVs. Is that the, t- the only two KVs they ever had? Right. Yeah, both of them. And they're yeah. there, and there, and there. And, and there. then they had a recall BT7 assault gun, which takes a BT7 and puts on a massive oh, yeah. five millimeter gun on it. So. <laughs> yeah, had a honking great howitzer on it, didn't it? What's the main trait of this tank? Oh, it's really quick, but got no armor. What is it now? It's really slow, but got no armor. <laughs> it's got a better gun, arguably. Oh, tank. <laughs> Don't stand in front of it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, obviously, Finns had a cool um, ski, ski troops in the early mm. one. Really cool models for it as well. Yeah, I'm not sure you'll see them, but I, I'm, I'm, I'll be interested to see what they come out with, the, uh, the sort of allied nations. Because yeah. we're, we're just assuming as well that they're going to be the German allied nations, right? I, I, I think it's very much so, because obviously the Soviets yeah. don't really have them until the Romanians flip, quite understandably. So I'm just going to agree with Richard Hardy on this one. I also get slightly peeved calling the Romanians minor allies when actually numerically they provide they're like the fourth biggest allied force once they switch sides. Sort of yeah. yeah, but is it, is it minor changes? I think it's mine, mine, mine of the command structure. You, you got to call, it's, a, it's a nice grouping, but just sort of undersell the Romanians a little bit, sadly. Yeah, yeah I mean, but the Romanians just had all German gear, didn't they? Yeah, basically. Like, they had, like, yeah. They had some... They had, had a some, very... Yeah. Yeah, so it's the minor differences. I was just thinking about it. They had their own tank. I didn't think they had their own tank. That's the Hungarians. 
Anyway, yeah, it was mostly Panzer 38Ts and then Panzer 3s and 4s yeah. later. 38T. This is the way getting Panzer 38Ts, I'm all for it. So, <laughs> so more, more but less, basically. More but less, yeah. It's, it's Brexit all over. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> moving swiftly on, Simon Pearson uh, got greedy and asked three questions. Uh, <gasps> first one, why is it harder to range in when the template touches terrain, bearing in mind that yep. with a map, it would actually make it easier having features for orientation? He's absolutely, absolutely correct. So we have, I'm sure we've had this discussion numerous times entirely. He's absolutely correct. That's how it works in real life. I think what it is, is anyone's played Team, Team Yankee and tried doing that thing where you try and work out which guys the OP can't see, so have the extra plus one to hit. And you try to do it whilst balancing a template over so you get the parallax error, try and work out, poke point it back kind of thing. I think just having it, if, you, if it's terrain, you get a plus one penalty is a much simpler way of doing it. So I'm going to call it a simplification, either if, like, say, when you think of how you get your call in artillery, it's kind of a bit weird. I'm, I'm going to disagree mm-hmm. and state that it's probably because that there is an element to that, of course. It is a lot easier and simpler to do. Um, but also, when you're calling in artillery, first of all, you've got to see the guys. So if they are near terrain, they'll be using that to kind of hunker down and hide. Um, but there's also the element of you don't know you know, you've got to clear that your own guys or it's not, you know, if you, there's a building over there. That's great. Can we shell it? No, we're not. We're told we can't shell that building for whatever, forget clearance and stuff. Property like that. damage. No necessarily property damage. Yeah, exactly. So, mm-hmm. you know, there is an element maybe of that in terms of it's easy to assume that, yes, you've got perfect vision and yes, you know exactly what's going on in the battlefield. And yes, you know that that, that church deserves to explode. Yeah. But our little guys at the turret table don't necessarily have that omnipotent I, I actually played that wrong uh, rule wrong for the first six months of v, v4 I was you, you uh, keep, keep playing it like Team Yankee I was just adding uh, I was adding plus one to the dice so I was making it easier ah which is ah. I think so, we briefly did that because that's how we thought it worked until we read it and realised it was a penalty not a yeah. yeah yeah I think it's more the more the giving giving your guys a chance to hide. Like, if you've put your infantry near to a wood, mm-hmm. okay, they won't be in concealment up close, but from an artillery observer, they'll be able to hunker down and hide a lot easier. Yeah, you, it's your silhouette, because your, you've got that behind you, your silhouette's broken up kind of thing, yeah. 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 I, I say, I, th- I think... It, it doesn't bother it doesn't bother me as much as it seems to bother Simon in <laughs> previous discussions. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I say, I haven't had the whole Team Yankee thing of trying to work out who can't come and can't be seen. It gets a bit. Oh, yeah. yeah. But I mean, it makes sense for cornfields as well. That that works then, like you know. Yeah. You can just see helmets bobbing every now and then. Where where they're going to be by the time it comes in. You know, you haven't got. It's not a flat field that you can see perfectly, kind of thing. Yeah. All right. Okay. Question two. Do you think the move yep. away from more historical units in both Team Yankee and Flames of War damages the number of players? Contra- oh. I think, I think it it probably instigates a lot of people moving away. I, I think in the long run, maybe not people come back. Also, we'll get back to the whole Team Yankee historical thing again. But <laughs> <laughs> but the, the, the historical games that I like to play, where I line my army up, my opponent lines his army up, we drive up and down the board edges for twenty minutes, taking pictures of the other guys, and then we go. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, so, so, so Cold War uh, historical wargaming. 
yeah it's uh, and like i say there's, there's a few quirky units in there um like so you get to like um adats the canadians they explain but, that though and everyone it upsets me that people that? just bring that up they explain the adats because they said we're going to progress the timelines and everyone's going to get a second book apart from the people who don't have enough cool stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. I'm, I'm just saying, but I'm just answering Simon's question here. I, I get what you're saying. Like they have explained yeah. it. And they say, the Canadians don't get anything until 2010 when they switch to Leopard 2 otherwise. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I think I just get their Cougar, which is uh, basically the last 25. But um, yeah, so it's, I, don't, I don't think that's killed Team Yankee. I think what's killed Team Yankee at least locally is just the fact we all got a bit bored of Milan's versus T-55s. And it's just like, yeah. we're all just waiting, all waiting for something new. And I can back that up empirically by saying that's the reason why we all started playing Fate of the Nation, because it's all the same kit. It just felt a bit more balanced with how the game works, the artillery rules, and the way the um, anti-tank guy weapons work, and that kind of thing. So I think come version two, we'll probably see Team Yankee start up again. Right. So. I, think I call it hiatus rather than dead. Yeah, well, that, that's me, I, um, I would I would argue that Flames of War is no less historical than it was before, mm-hmm. with mid war monsters and yeah. other what if things being thrown in. It's just that people are, che- are are assuming that just because you can, you should. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and there's nothing. It's the same same as you have in other historical war games, such as bolt action. You can play open and mixed. But if you want a historical game, now you just go, right, well, I've got this book, you've got that book, we'll pick units from that book and we'll play a game. Yeah, I can think of other, other games like Blitzkrieg Commander, where you basically you're just give a big long list of units and their points value, and yeah. it's up to the player to put that into the historical context they the, want to. The ultimate high irony in the historical argument is that every major event that used to happen was all uh, blue v blue. Yeah. Which I was hating because, like, say, how many training actions do you want to do here? <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So, I think, yeah, I, I, I don't think it's it had a hit, but I think that's more the version four introduction hit. Yeah. I think in the long run, it's not the reason at all. Um, question yeah. three. Oh, sorry, did you run away in Duncan? You're right. No, no, no. I was just going to say, I think that. Um... Like, like you said, just because you should doesn't mean, or can doesn't mean you should. Um, I think actually opening it up allows people to do their own research to stuff. Yeah. You know, I, um, see, I like what you did with your tournament, Duncan, which is, you know, write a bit of blurb explaining your army kind of thing. It was a good, it was yeah. a good little thought activity. Well, that's, that's one of the things that I want to maybe do in some of my events is yeah. have books limited to units from, sorry, armies limited for units from one book unless you provide historical background yeah. as to why you should be using... So if you want to do a 10th Panzer Force in Tunisia using the Iron Cross and that kind of thing, fine, just but show me you know, show me your working. Yeah. It's like maths like math, math homework. Show me your working. Yeah, but then make a cool display board so that everyone can learn a bit and go, oh, yeah. that's really cool, you know. Mm-hmm. That, that was my thing, is that, that we were spoiled in a way before where Battlefront went away and did the research and gave you, you know, just thinking back to like the Normandy book, you had whatever it was you had second hands there yeah, and yeah. yeah overlord and stuff like that and you had lists for everything but it doesn't um, but that, that my counterpoint to that was that yes it gave some historical framing but it didn't actually stop it it, it gave people an excuse to bring the only two kv kvs the Finns had to every single battle yeah. and that's no that, more that's, historical than you know it, it's um, now now it's completely open the gloves are off for if that's what you want to play then it's clear that's what you're doing so you can't sit there and go i've bought a really 
pounding list which has min maxed all the best rules and i'm going to say oh it's a historical list you shouldn't get angry at me for power gaming well that's what you're actually doing you can't hide that anymore no i i, I no but my only concern is like i said to lee actually earlier was that what this does allow or does make harder is those um casual games where you have people who are maybe playing for the first time and, and you don't have that social framework. You have to agree that in advance to make sure yeah, that you don't people, get any. Those people who are still learning, it actually yeah. enables them to go, I've got a box of this, a box of this, a box of this. All right, well, we'll make this, this, and we'll play some games. And then you'll, you know, you'll, you'll form your gamer group going forwards. I, I'm not entirely sure how many people play games in total isolation of, of especially historical war gaming. For one that has a lot wider appeal, I can understand that. But it's very, you know, how many people actually do get those pickup games in isolation? Well, they haven't got a gaming community that they can help grow and build themselves. I think maybe it flips it on its head what we used to do anyway, which was you found something you liked and then you found books around it to read. Yeah. Whereas in this case, you're probably going to have to do the opposite. You're going to have to go away and read some stuff and work out what you like, what theatres and things like that, and then apply that back to your army. It's, which is fine. Awesome it's just a different way. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's put you on, on the players and the TOs now, which is, yeah, it's fair enough. Yeah. We, we got used to being spoon-fed it, now it's up to us to try and work it out. So, Yeah, yeah. we, we, we talked a little bit of that, about events, is that event organisers are going to have to take some uh, responsibility on how they want their events to be. But I'm used to it. Cause I'm, I was, even with, like, North Africa, I used to do, I used to do like, oh, we're going to do Ghazala-era forces. So take North Africa, and you can only use these variants of Panzers, these... Yeah. It, yeah. it's, it's no different to what I was doing before with this kind of thing. It's just, and you know, people will, it... will step up or they won't. And we'll work out very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Question three. Do you think there's anything that could be done about the tank parks? No, I think that's just, that's just uh, um, the nature of things getting much bigger in the post-war era. For, for a minute, I really wished, I imagine there was like theme parks for tanks. That wasn't bothering <laughs> us. And I was like... That... Oh, Bovington would like roller coaster rides. Would like to say it. Digger land for armoured fighting vehicles. Yeah. Um, what? I think Isn't that Bovington? Kind of, but they get a bit arsy if you start trying to drive tigers around. <laughs> like you imagine. No, no, you can, you can pay for that. You can, yeah, that'll take you out. You can do that. Yeah. It's all good. I, I, I bought these toy ones instead. <laughs> But um, to go on the, the to, on the tank part thing, is that not just a terrain question? It's a, like, it's a it's a whole it's a whole heap of things. I think partly it's the whole no daisy chain command thing. It's partly like I say, yeah. the fact fifteen millimeters probably stretching of the Cold War stuff because tanks get so much bigger. Yeah. I think partly yeah. it's because we all, all we always players want to not get shot, so we stay behind the terrain that bunches us up. Yeah. Whereas in real life, you're probably putting more on us on actually not being near the other tanks. You've got room to manoeuvre. So that gets more into there. I think if it really bugs you, hey, that's what 6mm is for. Well, we can't say that because otherwise Duncan Dun gets angry letters. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I get angry threatening letters from people, yeah. Um, but it's, yeah. I think, well, I, I think you're right. I think it comes down to the command. And, I mean, the command and terrain... But also the army selections at the moment. You're needing. There's been a lot of spammy lists hmm. because there hasn't been value in the other things that we eat up your points and, and a couple of tweaks hmm. changes, especially in Team Yankee to the, to the artillery rules that may you know that V4 
well, sorry, version two slash version four, you know, may actually swing that away along with the change in command. If if they do, you know, if, if Team Yankee does become essentially Flames of War, closely aligned, which yeah. is what I said they were going to do in the video, um, then being out of command isn't the end of the world. And at the yeah. same time, you're not going to be able to fly a site with everything anyway, so yeah. you don't need to crunch it all into the same square. That's an interesting point. I mean, we'll see. I think a lot of us don't make use of being able to. We always think that out of command has been a bad thing, whereas it's not as inhibiting as it used to be in like, yeah. the last three days. But obviously, you do it with that weird thing where you can have a platoon assault multiple things. That all gets a bit weird. But I think you're right. We sometimes get a little bit hung up on staying in command when you can just leave a few guys behind and put covering fire down when the other guys move up. Which is what happens to real life. Tanks, tanks bounce. They move up and go from cover to cover, kind of thing. Hmm. So yeah, I thought about it like that. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of these things we got to basically say, well, let's just wait for version two. We we played Fable Nation. We all all like it. Let's just see how that goes into into Team Yankee. And that that fact kills a lot of these issues. And And then and then for Flames of War, I think the proliferation of of heavy tanks is going to see the end, hopefully, of of the spam smaller light tanks. Yeah, I, I, I can't remember any of the free games I played really devolve into tank parks, apart from, like, say, in the second game where I, we just had a swirling knife fight to try and get on the side shots yeah. and thing. But hey, I used to do it all the time with Crusade, you know, Honey's in version 3, it'd always end up in a big pile of dead burning tanks in the centre. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah. nothing's changed there. That's just me playing <laughs> balls out cavalry kind of way, but... So, okay. yeah, we'll see. Lucas Helene Watson asks, do you think the shorter ranges of Soviet guns in V4 forces an aggressive slash manoeuvre playstyle even when defending? Right, so I'm going to say it was that how Russia's always played. When did the Russian player ever sit back and shoot? Yep. <laughs> You've got a gun shield. You had a special rule about rolling the guns up. Yeah. Yeah, off you went. Hurrah. I, mean, <laughs> I think V4... Time... Oh, sorry. No, go ahead, mate. I'm, I'm, I'm I was going to say, I think... I think V4 actually it does encourage an aggressive playstyle anyway as well. Yes. I think if you're being passive, um, you're more likely to lose. Yes, that's yeah. why I actually win games now, unlike in version three, <laughs> where I just end up a burning wreck. <laughs> I'll be able to say, think, yeah. the only time I can think of it coming up with the Russians is on the 285. It's the only time I've ever re really thought, oh, that's the range now. On the T34s, I was doing short range gunfights in the past edition, now I'm doing it in this edition. No, it's their little. Yeah. It's the it's the stationary guns like the Zis threes and stuff. Well, you start noticing it more, yeah. It's just yeah, like... there's there's a lot that you can outrange with your pants at the uh, normal Panzer threes. You can just... well, remember we had our game first. Like it was like Tiger versus two eighty five, and the first literally the first round, I go, I'm gonna shoot. Oh, I'm out of range. Yes. <laughs> it's like oh, I'm, I'm just gonna stay here for a second. Just gave his tiger away from his objective. Yeah, I mean that's 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 you know that's what you've got to do with Soviets versus yeah. You know, Germans and heavy armor. You, you have to put the pressure on. The second you let them run around and dictate the pace of the battle, you're in trouble. I'd say in version four, nobody can afford to sit back and defend. Yes, yeah. just not how this game works anymore. No, yeah, exactly. Which is great because I was bored of seeing veteran paratroopers sat on objectives and then being told that I've got two and a half hours to get rid of them. If you if you're a British if you're a British paratroop player and you weren't attacking at night, you were doing something wrong. You shouldn't be defending. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. But yes, it was. But yeah, it was like when I was playing when um, the Battle of Bulge books came out, and it felt like every American player was doing a static rifle company defending. Oh my god, yeah. it's boring! <laughs> I can't assault you because you got bazookas. I can't sit back and shoot because your artillery's gonna hit me. What am I? It's just like yeah. 
I'm glad those days are kind of gone now. It's, I'm no. very happy. I'm very happy with E4. Yeah. Okay. All right, Chris Evans. What forces are they looking for? What forces are they? I'm guessing. Uh, what are we? Are we? Yeah. What forces are we looking forward to with the upcoming oil wars? All of them. No. <laughs> eat, eat. Plus the Kuwaitis, well, I actually get around the right in that one. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm not, I am. I. Can we clarify I, what Oil Wars is? Because I think there's a lot of miscommunication okay. about exactly what the Oil War book is. Even okay, so Oil War is going to be almost the last of the version one Team Yankee books. It's Oil War rather than Oil Wars. I can't make that mistake as well. And it's basically um, Middle East in the sort of World War Three context. So you run the Iraq War with friends, basically. Because, um, hey, that wasn't friendly enough as it was. So we have the Iranians post-revolution on one side. Okay. The whole the whole eccentric mix of kits, such as the Chieftain, the M4, uh, the, the Pattern series, all of them. And then later some Chinese rip-offs of the T-55. We have the Iraqis, who back then were everybody's best friend, they weren't the Iranians. With um, basically Soviet kit, because that's predominantly who support them. Then French kit, because they sort of threw their lot like, in their room as well. So you can have a nice mix of gazelles and hinds, um, spandrels and spandrels and hot missiles. Yep, spandrels and hot missiles. You're going to have AMX, uh, AMX 30 howitzers supporting T62s and T72s. Right. And then the third wild card that were, because obviously they weren't involved in real life, to be running about the Syrians in Lebanon, is the Israelis. The Israelis are almost like the sort of NATO-esque force for this um, period. They're going to have lots of heavy armour, um, APCs, um, air support, that kind of thing. Um, and they're probably going to be a very, they're going to be the quality over quantity force out of those three. Mm-hmm. Whereas the Iraqis will be a sort of middle ground, and the Iranians will probably be lots of uh, militia forces just being thrown forwards in massive human wave attacks, even though historically it probably got overstated. So it's pretty much your treadhead wet dream then? Yeah, with some, with, but also with some light infantry on the Iranian side as well. The scattering of some small light infantry for something. Yeah, I think there's lots of things like in all of it. So Israelis, the Makava tank, which is just awesome. But also they've got their really cool um, um, spike non-liner sight missile launcher that disguises itself as an M60. It's Transformers as a tank. It's brilliant. <laughs> um, like I say the, the Iraqis are going to be, I can't say if I want to do French or I want to do Russians. I'll just do Iraqis and have both. <laughs> and then Iranians, are, are just, again, you want the, I want the bonkers combination of T-55s and chieftains. So... Probably the Iranians, at the, at the three, the Iranians are probably the weakest force in terms of appeal, simply because I think they're going to be low-quality troops because most of the good stuff are either dead or flee, flee to London. Um, the, Iraqis, the, the Iraqis are probably the most interesting in terms of the force, and the Israelis are probably the most interesting in terms of the units. Hmm. There you go. Uh, there you go, in a nutshell. And trust me, when all wars comes out, I'll be droning on about it lots. It's well, that's that, that. That a rising tide lifts all boats. So that means I won't probably be doing a one of those forces, but I will be dusting off my original um, World War Three armies, as they're now World War Three Team Yankee yeah. armies, as it's now called or will be called, um, and uh, actually playing some games, which would be great. And honestly, Faz, you'll, pro- you'll probably find your um, your foreign Egyptians will work for Iraqis as well in terms of the force and that kind of thing. Oh dear. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! 
Uh, 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 and one of my guys, Dylan, is actually doing his his foreign forces Syrians, but I think he was doing them to be Iraqis. Come come um, um, come the release. Yeah, so it's all, all all being painted as Iraqis and that kind of like nineteen eighties camo kind of thing, nice. but using the same. It's obviously a T sixty two is a T sixty two. There's going to be so many desert NATO forces to go against. Hey, <laughs> well, well, we also know later this, later next year we're going to the British book with challenges and warriors. At that point, yeah. you're, you're going full Gulf War. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, yeah, that's all it was then. All it was Eddie C. Hi Eddie from uh, from Singapore. Uh, it says, should infantry and missile team saves be plus four? Four up. I would say... Right, so this is always one of these things that's been debated for years, going backwards and forwards since, since version one. I would say no. I would say three plus works, especially with their version two style... Sorry, version four style artillery rules. Yeah. As, as much salt as Eddie has over my lands. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can say that. He's my friend. Uh, <laughs> They, um, I, I think if we do get like they, they, they've teased Team Yankee going to version four, artillery mm-hmm. will be the death of missile teams. I, to, I would roll say, yes, they're just going to vaporize. I see a lot of that at the moment. I would say that four plus is probably appropriate because they're small teams as well. Um, you know, they're not a full, what are they, three guys, mm-hmm. four guys. Yeah, they're not it was a bit for a Milan team normally. Yeah, so there's two guys. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of factors which would support the four plus. And um, going back to it, Simon Pearson's be a big advocate as well. First, like you say, it's two guys sitting right next to each other on, on their firing post. Even if two guys survive the hit, the missile post is probably screwed. And it's not yeah. like it's, these are easy things to replace. If yeah. the if the crews do die, although. I, I want to say this to put on the force, but most forces, yes, somebody could probably go over and take over because they got some training, but your effectiveness is going to drop off anyway. Yeah. And finally, the other thing we, we other thing we have with Team Yankee, which doesn't get overstated, is the fact that we're burning through ammo so quickly. I mean, that missile crew is probably two guys. It was you no know, two two guys came back three missiles between them. They have to leg it, they have to leg it back to the transport to get some more. So it's going to be um, unfortunately that's not representing the game, which we, we get factored into. So yes, it is. I think you could probably make the argument for the four plus save, but I think it's largely redundant when it comes to version two, because like I say, so with the Foan, um, the Fate of a Nation, we found the Saga teams die to artillery. No, no two ways about it. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, my game versus um, versus Duncan, I worked out where he was going to put his teams roughly, called it right, and then like say in the first turn, kill one team straight away with the artillery, on repeat. Effectively, it's on, on the repeat from the first turn. Otherwise, yeah, it's so yeah, I, I think it's worth thinking, guys, just bear with it, wait for version two. Yeah, it's, it's good. Then, if we still if we still play version two and find Milan's band still king, all right, maybe we start to yeah, <laughs> then the sky is falling. Um, yes, it's, the sky is literally falling, it's one in 55 millimeter fire. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so Adam Cox is going to share the spotlight with William White. Yeah. They asked two very similar questions, which are, should Flames of War be about historical accuracy or allowing gamers to have what-if forces? Are these yeah. exclusive? And how do you reconcile this in a world populated by Grey Dianas and Grey Ferdinands? That was definitely the Adam part of that question. Grey <laughs> I think we've, I mean, we've touched upon this already in the podcast. It's one of those things that 
if that's your bag and your player will take it, sure, go all out and throw it all in crazy mixes. Yeah. I, I, I imagine most most player groups will quickly settle down because people get ostracized very quickly. Um, and people start saying, actually, let's just play Desert this week or let's just play 1943 Eastern Front. And yeah. I would yeah. say, I, I think we're all adults. We can all sit down sensibly and work out how we want our list to work for week-to-week games. And when it comes to the tournaments, it'll be up to 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 really drive how they want their tournament to work. If they want to go, it's grand tournament, you know, gloves are off, have at it, guys. You know what you're signing up for. If it's Duncan saying, actually, first kind of rules, we're doing the Will Wheaton rule, no, don't be a dick, then, you also. know, we can, we should be going, okay, I'm just going to try and do a nice themed army using what I know about, do some research, ask some advice, tweak it out, go for that way. I, I still think we're not in a position where, as a hobby, we, we're a niche hobby, right? I mean, it's not main, niche. mainstream. Yeah. We're a niche of a niche. Can we really ostracise players because we, you know, we don't like the way they want to spend their free time? Oh, there's definitely, some, there's definitely some, play, there's some players that definitely need ostracising occasionally. It, it's very <laughs> rare, but it does come up. But yeah, I think most people realise quickly, okay, actually, everyone seems to keep well, well, avoiding playing me this week. I might just have to <coughs> twinkle this with well, I, I, is, I don't mean ostracise the point of like not playing. I think just saying no, like, no, no. This, no, it's not how we're playing. Just turn it down a little, kind of thing. It goes back to as well. We talked about this before about being the change you want to see. If you exactly. want to see historical forces, play them, make them look cool, and then show people how cool that is compared to you know, um, the grey plastic on the table that is all over the place. Mm-hmm. I mean, in just, other games, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that, it's the social contract of what you're trying to do. And that's it's one of the most frustrating things about the way the hobby was, was that you'd have people say it's a historical game. And I said this earlier, and then they'll take, bring this smashing list, which has been min-maxed up the wazoo with special characters, you know, and it ends up like, oh, look, half the players here have got Patton and US armoured rifles. And they're just smashing the guys with the historical lists. But the trouble is, it's 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 red, it's blue v blue, and and you know that open gaming stuff. It does have a place because it is a competitive game, and there are people who do want to know who is the best general. That's that's what they want to do in the hobby, and that's that's totally fine. It's, but I think you're losing a lot of what the game itself could be by going down that road. And all that all that Battlefront have done is said. Okay, if you want to do that, here's the tools to do that. If you want to play a historical yeah. game, here's the tools to do that. If you want to play, you know, what ifs, here's the tools to do that. Just define the game that you want to play. And and it, it's funny how a lot of people have been doing this already for years, and yet now when they're told it's okay to do it, it suddenly <laughs> becomes a problem. Yeah. And the and the game's dead. Which I don't quite understand. I think a lot of it's a lot of it, uh, yeah. It's probably a, a fraction of these people are saying this, a considerable fraction of people are saying this, who are just using it as a reason to move on. And it's like that's fine, move on. Just don't keep posting every five minutes about it. In that case. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let the rest of us have our unsolicited fun. Yeah. <laughs> unsanctioned fun, rather. Unsolicited fun. Raises eyebrow. 
Oh, it's just a Panzer Pix, yeah. It's a... <laughs> <laughs> Poor <laughs> that. Um, yeah. it's, a, it's a long room for a joke between myself and my friend no, no, about unsolicited dick pics. Well, I'll, occasionally I'll send a picture of Richard Nixon. It's <laughs> just been going for years. I was just been like playing like Twilight Struggle and stuff. It's just like unsolicited also, dick pics. <laughs> also, un- up, we've already established up shirts and shots are now illegal. Like illegal. <laughs> you cannot do that. <laughs> that is naughty. That is a red flag. Shirts, for it. No running gear allowed, right? You know, that's <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I saw an idler. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! It was a, it's a racy return wheel shot here. <laughs> Not safe for work. Includes torsion bars. Uh, <laughs> 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 All right. <laughs> Moving swiftly on, Nathaniel Duncan asks. Hey guys, last year I started playing in the tournament scene for Flames of War. I was thinking of doing the same for Team Yankee. In your team's opinion, is it worth wait getting into Team Yankee tournament scene this year, or would it be better to wait for next year with version two of the rules? Well, it's going to be October, so it is still this year. Obviously, it'll take a while mm-hmm. for people to get into place. Um, I think if, you're, if, if your local community is playing Team Yankee, then go for it. Uh, there, are, there, are, there are still Team Yankee tournaments being arranged. There are people that still play it day in, day out. I think this got overtaken in Brighton because we got reinterflated really into the nation more than anything. Um, I think as well, it so depends on how fast you pay. Yeah, how fast can you pay? Anything you do is probably going to be good for going forward. Yeah, exactly. As long as you don't do Milan spam, depending which way that <laughs> Um And obviously, if you include artillery, you might not get the most of it now, but you probably get the most of it going forward. But it comes down to if you're if you're the people you're playing with are playing Team Yankee, then there's little point not playing Team Yankee. Yeah. Um, again, if it's just like like Fez says, be a change you want to be. Don't do Milan spam. That's the thing that's won you up. Try you know, try going out on the out the list that kind of thing. Yeah, I definitely agree with. Just get painting. You know, yeah. as long as you don't go for any extreme version of the list, then you, you'll probably find that it works absolutely fine mm-hmm. going forward. Or just do the core units. You know, and, and yeah. start playing some smaller games. I wouldn't necessarily invest in the a cutthroat tournament army it's just before rules change. Yeah, it's just going to lead to disappointment. But um, you know, just play what you want to play the most and, and, and ride it out. And the best thing is with, with the whole um, uh, oil war coming out. If you you get to the point now, you can pay a T fifty five right. You're going to get so much mileage out of it. Yes. <laughs> Does desert colored desert colored BTRs and uh, and T fifties is definitely the way to go. <laughs> okay, um, I think that's it. End. Is that the last one? I think oh. Dave, well, Dave Palmer, sorry, there's one more David Palmer question. Yes. Although this may take us a while. Uh, we... I, I almost want to leave this next week, I'm sorry about time. But yes, it's a, it's a really good question. I just don't think we've got the time to really cover it in this week. So Dave, I'm going to say, we'll, we'll cover your question next time. Because like I yeah. say, it's, 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 it's a really good question. I just want to... I think All right. To, to appease you, Lee, we had one last question from David Palmer. Par, par, there you go. I'm going to mess up his name. Yeah. David Palmer, not Palmer, Palmer. Um, it is Palmer. I'm looking at it right oh, now. David Palmer. Yeah, I know it is. I'm messing it up on purpose. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was going so smoothly. Yeah, we're going to cover that next episode um, because it's such a good question. We can't answer it in the time left. So, yeah, that was readers' questions soon to be renamed to something cool. As soon as we think of it. Be, we never have a new name for it, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So final section for the day is coming up, which is mostly tournaments, but 
we want to lead off with one thing, which is a new Kickstarter. Um, and this is um, Numdi Miniatures, who did Slutty Flat Panzers and M8 slash M20s as their first kit. Um, mm-hmm. We've got some review copies. Which, um, Ben's got the Panzers. I think Duncan's getting the American kit. I think so, yeah. I think it's yeah. right. So we're going to look at those. But the next thing is really interesting. They're going to go into the Cold War slash Moderns. Um, and their new Kickstarter is covering French, being a French company, quite understandable. So they've got an AMX 30, which does the Gulf War era, um, Gulf War, Gulf War era one with era, yes, but with reactive armor, um, with stretch goals, which I'm sure will be quickly matched for um, doing the AMX 10 RC, which is that cool armor car everyone wants to use because it's really cool. And for VAB, which is their, um, basically the wheeled APC, which carries the infantry, which right now is quite a darling with the French because it obviously gets a good use of Milan's. Well, that stays true later. It's going to be the matter. But it does do the Mephisto as an option. That is going to be cool no matter what. So that's one that fires a hot missile. So I think they are releasing this on January 22nd. So I imagine it'll already gone by the time this podcast gets edited and put up. Um, so yeah, one to watch. Um, if only because we're interested to see how quickly Battlefront turn around a plastic AMX 10 RC. Also, doing plastic French infantry as well. So it's, the RC is the um, six-wheeled armor car, isn't it? With the hundred and well, yeah, which, yeah. Everyone, which everyone loves. Can get this really cool shoot sneaky unit that has a massive gun to fire. I think it's one of those things that Battlefront didn't quite twig. That was going to be the appealing one, so they didn't do a plastic model for it. I and mean, then it's like, yeah, oh, actually, everyone not, really likes not it. Not all units are created equal in, in armies. But they should know, everyone loves armoured cars. It always has been. Well, uh, especially armoured cars with oversized guns. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is very true. Yeah. Um, so, coming up on the event front, then, we have uh, February 9th and 10th, uh, we have Corrivalry at Battlefield Hobbies in Daventry. Uh, which is a 1750 point late war uh, tournament with the interesting swap option for your tournament lists. Um, the weekend after that, February the 16th, one day event, you have the Beachhead War Game Show down in Bournemouth. There you go, got there at the end. Um, there's also a Flames of War tournament running that, that day. Uh, it's 100 points worth of mid war. Um, and then on the 24th and 25th of March, back at Battlefield Hobbies in Daventry, you have. Bonograd, uh, which is a Flames of War right. point mid-war. We're going to clarify, it's Bonograd, not Bonograd, which is a U2-fronted um, Flames of War tournament. Yeah. <laughs> Could have a Wawa pedal. Yeah, <laughs> um, and then, shocking announcement. Breaking here first. Fake news. Uh, in fake news in a shocking follow-up to uh, flames of fez in january i'm um, looking to run sun sand and smgs uh, at the Norfolk games club which will be a desert book only desert uh, mid-war um, tournament or sorry event rather at uh, the Guildford games club in may and me and Doug will try and get our new revised German force sport giant places for that yeah that'd be <laughs> now there's a timeline yeah almost we can do this, Duncan. We can, my, my graphic skills and your ability to string this together, we, we can grab this one out. <laughs> my, my ability to make up plausible lies. <laughs> <laughs> Coming May 2020, Lee and Duncan's <laughs> Dak Armored List. 
That's probably closer to the truth than you think, yeah. We can write in French after Brexit, can't we? Uh, no, we won't be allowed to be, will we? <laughs> well, English would be unsanctioned. The official I, th- I think I think the ruling classes go back to Latin at that point. Must <laughs> <laughs> be a peasant speak a weird hybrid. Estu nastu instu dac forces. <laughs> you you say that I did Latin for two years at secondary school, so eke poella nomine flavia. There you go. Ooh. Yeah, look, there's a girl. There's a girl in the wood. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be first one to range in then. <laughs> I think that was actually. Oh look, there's a girl. There's a girl called Flavia. Flavia Estin Lightai Sunt is is there is. <laughs> she's in a wood. All the essential Latin phrases. Yeah. You are welcome. Oh, concealment and bogging. Um... <laughs> Derailment. Has anyone got a dice handy? Because I don't. I do. I have my dice handy, as I always do. Oh. I'd tie up the day because the girls try and grab my dice from my desk, but I kept on the uh, elevated level. <laughs> nice protection. The, the perils of family life. <laughs> um, what else are we? For five up. <laughs> I think I, it has I, to be. No, uh, no, no. I think we've been good tonight. I think we've done well. Yeah. I think we've covered all of the readers' questions by the one that we we we, we were grown up. We said so we haven't enough time. Yep. Yeah, I think we've done well. All right, fours then. Fours. Shoot and skate. Well, to compromise to a four. It's first table. Right, so this is the same dice I was using the weekend. So if I actually pass this, I'll be shocked. But let's go. I can set the table. <laughs> four. <laughs> we scraped four. In. It's yeah. good at our teeth. That's, like, that's enough. Skill, that's enough. Take it. Test I passed at the weekend. So there you go. Yeah. I only took him three rerolls. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a life flat. It's got a life flat. We need to face the dice tower. It's near dice tower. You guys you play yeah. dice towers here. Yeah. That's the trick. <laughs> the armored train wreck of a podcast you've been listening to was Shooting Scoop, the Flames of War podcast from the team at Breakthrough Assault.co.uk. I was brought to you by support from Battlefield Hobbies and the hashtag Flames of War is Dead. Honest. Dead Jim. <laughs> it's like the war, Jim. I love you going. Got sex on the beach. Oh, you can start with your body. <laughs> and there's the intro. <laughs> <laughs>